Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundations. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Well, hi, my name is Jeff. Welcome to the podcast today, and uh, it's great to have you with us. My guest today is Reverend Bill Morrow, Dr. Bill Morrow, I believe, correct? Yes, it is, actually. Bill, as I have been instructed to call him, although it's a little bit difficult still for me because uh, he's been sort of my boss in the past and uh, uh, even a uh, dean of students at the college where I attended. But, uh, Bill, it's great to have you on the show. You are now, um, uh, you know, retired, but not really, I, I think is how, how that sort of looks. But you have been the uh, the Dean of Students at Master's College and Seminary. Later in your career, you were the President, Master's College and Seminary, and uh, of course, the District Superintendent of Western Ontario, and the General Superintendent of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And so uh, that's uh, that's quite a list, and I'm, I know there's lots of other important things in between, but it is an honor to have you uh, have you with us today. Every time I hear the list, I just think I had a hard time keeping a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it was that so much, but uh, you have you you have had a bit of a hard time uh, not having a job. Uh, retirement, you said, too. didn't work for you. I think I should write a book on retiring. I think I've done it five or six times now. I'm, I'll <laughs> a couple more, and I'll be good at it. Okay, well, that's that's good. Well, uh, we have you with us today. We want to talk uh, about Israel and about travel mm-hmm. to Israel. Right now, um, you and I together are hosting a uh, hosting a tour, God willing, December fifth through the fourteenth. And uh, I, I'll, I'll say that I've I've been on trips with you before, where you were the host, and uh, it's a privilege to be able to do this together. Now, uh, Bill, you have been to Israel a number of times. How many times have you uh, have you traveled to Israel? I don't really know. It's certainly a dozen, at least, anyway. I can't okay. remember them all. I maybe I'm not sure if that's a sign of age or just too much other travel. But uh, Israel has a special place in my heart, and I the, the the thought of going again and going with others has a great appeal to me, just because it's Israel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been, now, over, uh, I've been over 60 countries of the world just as it happens, and none of them are like Israel. There's no other country like Israel. It's, it stands alone. Now, flesh that out a little bit for us. Why is that? What is it that makes it so unique for you? I, I think it's unique in the fact that, you know, it's certainly the home of the New Testament, Old Testament scriptures. Um, and that has a bearing. I think that's significant. I think it helps us understand scriptures better when you have been in this scene alive. I think it's also a miracle. You know, this is a nation that was disbanded in about 70 AD and comes back together in the middle of the 20th century after all those years. And all kinds of miraculous pieces around that. Scriptures certainly encourage us to pray for Israel and pray for Jerusalem and uh, God chose them as his people. I don't think that's ever ended. I think there's still an ongoing reality to that. And as Christians, there is a, I mean, the roots of our faith are in Judaism and the roots of our faith come out of Israel. And so uh, to go there and, and to see the roots and to experience that is meaningful. And I also think it's really meaningful to, to see the people of the land today. Um, on one of my last trips there, I kept hearing a repeating, repeated statement, God gave us this land. 
God gave us this land, and I truly believe that. And so as much as, I, I, as I'm excited about the historical aspects, I'm also excited about the present aspects of God's grace and presence among this nation, and whatever that means for the future, I don't know. But I certainly mm-hmm. believe that God is not finished with us or Israel yet. Yeah, amen. I agree. And I think that, uh, you know, you touched on something there, the the miraculous part of this country coming back together uh, back in 1948. It really, um, in my estimation, and, and I guess I ask you the same thing, you know, is this, was that a fulfillment of, uh, of prophecy? I do believe it was. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and there were just too many miracles, just too many miracles of how it all happened. And I know there was work and I know there was commitments in other governments and so on, but this is a nation that's been under attack almost since they arrived in 1948. Yeah. And still right. thrive and survive, no, survive, but thrive to this day. Yeah. It's been very interesting to watch uh, that sort of history. And, you know, my, my own uh, sort of testimony or story about Israel is that I was uh, a pastor for over 20 years before I really understood the significance of, of, uh, connecting with Israel, going to Israel. And it was my dad, actually, who uh, kind of dragged me along on a trip with him. And I will be forever grateful. I, You know, my life was totally changed. And uh, eventually, we got this sort of God call on our hearts to be involved with uh, with Israel and Israel ministry. But, um, you know, the 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 fulfillment of that Ezekiel prophecy of the dry bones is just one of those things that, uh, you know, you can almost visualize when you sort of see the country coming back together. And, um, you know, the, the imagery, even in the raising up of, of the army, uh, you know, when, when I think about the Israel Defense Forces today and, and the reputation that they have in the world, um, it, it really does sort of uh, smack to me as a, as a fulfillment of God's word that uh, he will bring his people back from the north and the south and the east and the west and put the sinews back together. It's uh, it's just an incredible picture. Well, you know, you went maybe by accident away because of your dad. And I must confess, I was always a little reluctant to go and certainly to take a tour because I wasn't sure about that's not my role as a pastor and whatever I've been involved in. I really never thought it was a tour guide at all. But having been there the first time, I realized the value and so I just, I just have been delighted to be there numbers of times with many people now since and, and loved every minute of it. And I've never been that I haven't learned something new, not just mm-hmm. about the land, but about myself. Every time I've been, there's been something that's impacted me and how I thought and how I saw the kingdom. It just, it just has been a significant moment for me, each of yeah. them. Now, you talked about, uh, you know, your experience in Israel as compared to some of the historical significance and, and so on. And I know we've we've chatted a little bit about this. You know, when we go on this tour, we'll be taking uh, people to various sites around the country, places where Jesus walked, sites that are significant in the biblical narrative, both Old and New Testament. Um, one of the parts of this trip that I'm excited about is that we get to uh, have the option on the last day to go into Judea and Samaria and specifically to Shiloh. And uh, so it's it's going to be very, very intriguing. Now, when we talked about that, you had some some interesting insight about your experience and what really is sort of the most significant thing for you 
just share with those people that are listening and watching uh, what what that is. Well, let me give you a historical moment and then a, then a current moment if I can. I suppose maybe they're both the same. I don't know. Um, I love the Sea of Galilee. I love the Mount of Beatitudes, which is close by. And what a great opportunity to be reminded again of probably the greatest sermon, the greatest words ever put together. The Sermon on the Mount is phenomenal. And I think that's a great moment to draw people together. You can't, of course, miss miss the communion uh, where we believe is probably the tomb or certainly one of the best options for it. And that, that's a, always a, a significant moment. But but I, I just a couple of special moments in my life. There was there was an opportunity once that we had to uh, to meet with the former rabbi of Jerusalem in his home. Just a few of us, or maybe a half dozen or dozen of us, can't remember the number. But Rabbi Lau, and it was just an incredible moment. And he was actually released. It was interesting. He's a really soft spot for Canadians because he was released from a concentration camp at the end of the Second World War by Canadian soldiers. He was wearing rags, and they put a soldier uniform on him, a Canadian soldier's uniform. Mm. He was so moved by that, and I was, I'm moved now, thinking about how moved That's he was. He just told us the story, you see. And so yeah. there's that Canadian connection at that moment. And then, of course, the Wailing Wall, and there's a man named, who's given 40 years of his lifetime studying the Wailing Wall, a square mount, square kilometer under under the Temple Mount, Dan Bahat, and he takes you down at the time of Jesus and takes you down at the time of Solomon, and he just made the stones live. And so so those are very modern in a way, but but at the same time reflect this incredible historical land with with how the impact it how it impacts our lives today. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And uh, Dan Bahat, of course, is a good friend of ours, good friend of uh, the ministry and and of some of the folks that are involved in our ministry. We love spending time with him. And uh, Laura, who's our producer, you met earlier. Uh, we've all been in Dan's home. We've eaten a meal, a Shabbat meal with he and his family. It's uh, just an incredible thing to hang out with uh, somebody who is as knowledgeable as him. And uh, we, we love Danny. Um, I wanted to talk, though, a little bit. You know, you, you shared something, I think, maybe the last time we spoke, uh, about the impact of modern-day Israel on on you and, and why that is so significant. Talk just a little bit about that. Uh, I, I confess I'm not entirely sure I remember the, all the conversation, but I just, when I'm in Israel, one of the things I always want to do is go to Ben Yehuda Street and talk to the kids I'm an old guy now. I don't know how that happened. It happened quick, though. But I love the younger generation. There's just something amazing. And in Israel, as you know, when you graduate high school, you have to serve in the armed forces before you can go on to university, both male and female. And so you get on Ben Yehuda Street, and here's kids walking with holding weapons and in uniform. And you get to talk to them, and, and, you, and you hear the passion in their lives for the land and that God, again, gave it to them. And and uh, there's something, I, there's, it just moves me. It just absolutely moves me when I hear that. On a trip I was there a few years ago, I actually met a lady whose son was, her only son, was actually, uh, went, to, went and served in the armed forces and was killed, killed by a sniper. And she was so angry. She was so angry. And she, she understood forgiveness in a way that I had never quite heard before, I suppose. And she said, how many, how many, how many children of the enemy had to die for my son to be compensated for, in a sense? Or, or somehow that I'd be satisfied that 
his death was significant. And she realized that that wasn't the answer at all. And she actually became part of an organization called Mothers for Peace. And there is a, there is a wow. desire in Israel for all of the fact they have to defend themselves. There is a true desire for is in Israel for peace. Oh, and I love absolutely. that somehow. And that, that, that whole issue of peace and forgiveness, just it was just a, an incredible moment. And in actual fact, she has semi-adopted a, a, a young man who's the same age as her son, who's not Israeli, not Jewish. And they had, an, they he, she introduced them to us, and it was it was just one of those, it was one of those moments. And I examined my own heart, and what does forgiveness mean to me? And could I have done that? And and uh, I was truly impacted by that. I love the perspective and and the hope, you know, that. Uh, connecting with the youth of Israel sort of reflects and, and brings. I think there is a, there's great hope for uh, the nation, the, for that country there because of their young people. And, uh, you know, I, just as you were talking, kind of was thinking about this, you know, the, the mandatory um, service in the IDF. Really, uh, we know this. We, we know this because we've met many of the young people who have served. Uh, it, it cements in them a love for their country and a loyalty to to the nation. And, you know, I was thinking about that and, and reflecting on a comparison between, you know, that and uh, and the church. You know, what if there were a mandatory two-year service after high school, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that mm -hmm. uh, that we enlisted young people in God's army. And, and I, you know, we, of course, try to do that. And we want to see, we want to see young yeah. people um, follow God's call for their lives and, and so on. But uh, it really is a critical stage of, uh, of their, yes. of their sort of development and growth, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And of course, once they've served once they're in reserve for years and years after that and continue to serve. Hmm. I was also in a trauma center once where we talked about what happens when a bomb goes off and people are hurt and wounded and, you know, and just to care for people that, that have, sacrifice themselves to be there and pay the price from time to time as families and and uh, yeah just interesting Very there are many other now. things about Israel that are there are many other things about Israel that are they're unique all by themselves as well it would be I've seen many historical sites as I know you have as well and places like Ephesus and so on that are just absolutely incredible but Masada is one of those mm. That yes. is one of the great historical sites of the world, really. And, and for people that yeah. just want to be a tourist, that's amazing all by itself. And there's only one Dead Sea in all the world. And yeah. that's amazing all by itself. And, and, uh, and the ingenuity of what the, the Jewish nation has done, I mean, producing crops in the deserts and on and on. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's a testimony to... To the to the intelligence and genius that God has planted within mankind. Yeah, that's I right. think it blows in Israel. Mm -hmm. Isaiah sixty two, uh, you know, the prophetic fulfillment of Isaiah sixty two, and all that that you know the prophet spoke about there, uh, calling us first of all to you know give God no rest and and give ourselves no rest until He establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. But there's so many things in that chapter that God talks about that that relate to the physical land and this miracle you know that that we have seen is really the the outworking of that you know this land that will no longer be called 
you know, desolate, uh, but will be a praise of the earth. Uh, you know, there's just some amazing, amazing things that you can see when you go to Israel. And if you're watching, if you're listening, uh, this is something that you need to sort of consider is that you will never be able to have this exact experience anywhere else in the world. And I suppose that's true of, of most places, except there can be a lot of sameness when, when we travel. But Israel is is unique like no other. And that's kind of the, I think, the, the point that we're trying to get across here today. Yeah, um, nothing uh, like it. Now, now, even in the church today, Bill, there are people that um, uh, maybe discount Israel's place uh, in sort of this modern era. And I want to ask you this question and, and answer it any way you like. You're not going to get in trouble either way with, with uh, me. But what would you say to pastors or to people who say that, you know, the Jewish people have no right to the land, first of all? What would you say to them? Well, I, th I think I'd just repeat what they have said to me. God gave us this land. Hmm. He gave it to them originally. He gave it back to them in 1948. Yeah. I just don't have any reason to doubt that. It just makes sense to me biblically, and it makes sense to me theologically, and it makes sense to me practically. And and for people who've never been, it's easy to make statements, but, but you know, if you ever go, I mean, I mm -hmm. encourage people, if you've got questions or doubts, I did too. Just come. Come yeah. with us if you like. And, and I think it will change your life. I just really believe that. And it just, again, it opens scriptures, it affirms scriptures, but it does more than that. It affirms God's presence in people. It affirms God's covenant relationship with people, I believe. Amen. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Now, you know, the media today, uh, we, we fight a bit of a battle against uh, the media spin regarding Israel. They portray Israel as an aggressor, stealing land, you know, no right to be there. Um, what kind of comments would you uh, would you have about that? Or are you comfortable in commenting on that? I, well, I don't know that I have enough con enough involvement to actually make a comment, really. I'm not there. I don't I don't. Um... I don't live in the world that they live in. I'm not under threat. Hmm. You know, I just know that I've been there and I've been to a historical site and there's a, there's a, a school bus full of Jewish children there and they have to have soldiers or guards with them because sometimes they become a target for bombs. And, you know, I think, I think it's one thing to be an aggressive, but it's nothing to defend the land as well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm always grieved when, when we allow prejudices and, and animosity to damage innocent people. Right. And I don't know how to fix that. I don't I don't have an answer to how to fix that. I don't really know how to do that. I just I just believe that God's grace fixes us first and if we can find a way to do that, mm -hmm. then maybe just maybe there's hope. But you know, we don't want to just pick on Israel. You go to all kind of parts of the world where this is the same the same story gets told. Yeah. Wherever there's inhumanity, everyone suffers regardless. That's right. We're seeing a, a prime example of that uh, this week in Afghanistan. And it's exactly uh, so. just in my horrific. Mind, Afghanistan, exactly, yeah. Horrific to just watch, awful, you know. Awful. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, I wish it was can fix that. Like, I don't have an answer for that. I just don't have an answer. And it's, I don't think uh, there are any easy answers. And I think the people in leadership and all of our governments, most of them, are really trying hard to find answers, and we ha we haven't been able to do that for a long time. Yeah. 
Well, the church is called to pray. I think that's the only yeah. answer that we have, the only response that we can that we can make that's going to be of any any lasting value um, is that we call on God and and you know yeah. ask for his forgiveness where we need it and and ask for his yeah. intervention in these situations. I think it's just a and terrible terrible thing to, to watch. Maybe be, maybe be quicker to love than to judge or condemn. Amen. Maybe slower to speak when we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Good words, good words. Well, this is uh, this is great. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to have this conversation with us today. And and I gotta say, we're looking forward to this trip coming together. We you know we're we're praying that it can happen. And uh, if you're watching, if you're listening, you know there are some challenges in putting this together. But uh, we're working very closely with uh, with Avi, with our tour guide um, or, or travel agent, I should say, and uh, also with Isaac Carasanti, who is going to be our guide. And Isaac is excited about being involved with us as well. But um, we're really believing that uh, that this can happen. And Bill, it will be a tremendous honor to be able to do it together with you. That's how I feel as well, Jeff. I love your commitment to the land and your involvement. And we've traveled together before. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I just, uh, in fact, I'm, I'm happy to serve you as you as you mainly lead it. And I'll just be there to be supportive if I can in so many ways. But at the same time, I trust others will join us and help us and we'll help them. Yeah, as we put yeah this exactly. Together. Well, it will be a team effort. I guarantee uh, we will lean on your uh, on your experience and your wisdom. And I know there'll be some that are coming that uh, would want for that to be the case, that uh, they would be there to be with you and to hear you and, and learn from you as well as, uh, as from us. But uh, thanks so much and uh, all the best in your current role, not retired. Uh, at at uh, one church in Toronto, and uh, we uh, just pray blessing on you and on Sheila, and uh, and on your family, and to you and Sharon as you continue to lead this whole emphasis in Israel and the need to pray and be supportive and and care. Thank you. Thank you, Bill.